y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 16, Color of Life. And once again, we have Dr. Greedy back with us as a guest. We're going to have a conversation about color. And on Cultural Talk, we're going to be talking about different fusion foods and different fusion Latino restaurants. And at the end, as always, Hablando Español. And just a quick note, we had some technical difficulties in the first half of the show. Please bear with us. Dr. Greedy is back. The doctor's in the house. Welcome. Uh, yeah. Thank you. That's your cue to talk. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? From Washington, D.C. Nice. Um, all right, so this time around we're going to talk about color and how we all live in a life surrounded by color. Sometimes you don't even notice the colors that are around you. I think the ones that we do notice are the more obvious ones, the, the bright ones, the vibrant ones. Or like if you're a New Yorker, the absence of color. We love to wear black, right? All New Yorkers wear black. Is that the way it is over there in, in D.C.? New York and L.A. No, here people, you know. They wear their blues and their browns and stuff like that. But yeah, New York and LA, for some reason, that's just about all about black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about color all around us, what it's like to live in a life full of color, um, why are we attracted to certain colors, and we'll also talk about why do we crave color. Like, I mean, we know that color is used to sell products and to sell things. So, you know, it's not a coincidence that you'll have a, a racing car that's bright red, you know what I mean? A sports car is bright red or, you know, a bright color. Um, all right, so let's start first off. So color is a spectrum. Color is light reflecting off an object going into our eyes. It's our perception of that light ray. It's not even an actual color. So the color red doesn't exist. It's a spectrum, part of the spectrum that goes into our eyes. It's how we perceive the pigment in that object. Um, but as a little kid, you know, we're taught to identify colors. So when you're a little kid, they give you crayons and they tell you this is red. So when you see this spectrum, you call, you say red. You know, when you see a spectrum, you say blue. When you see a spectrum, you say green and whatever it is. Um, so that's why we get taught, we get trained just like uh, we get trained to use words and letters in an alphabet. We get trained to use these phrases for these colors so that we have a, a vocabulary to explain the color spectrum. Um, but in reality, color is more complicated. There are some shades that we don't see. Um, there are more subtle shades. Uh, Greed, give me some example of your sh- subtle shade vocabulary. Be like warm grays, cool grays, um, okay. you know, things like that. Like just little, 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 little changes, you know. Uh, what about in blues? I know, I, I know that you deal a lot with in, in your graffiti. You like to deal with purples, violets. Those are secondary, tertiary colors. You get into certain blues. Give me some shades of blue and some shades of purple. Um, you know, back in the day, what really had kind of like I remember just the Krylon stuff, like the regal blue, like that really kind of solid darker blue, and then a royal blue, which is kind of more like just a middle blue, and then you have the sky blue, which is like the lighter blue, you have like a powder blue and a pastel blue, and you can go all the way from nearly just black to almost white, you know what I mean? Just all shades of blue. I remember the first time I heard of lavender, the color lavender, believe it or not, 
I'm an artist. But the first time I heard of the color lavender was through spray paint because I had heard, somebody mentioned the color and they were trying to describe it and then it was like lavender and I was like, oh shit. And then I was like, oh, that's what you call that. I always used to call it just like a light purple. Uh-huh. You know, I would say, oh, that's a light purple. But there was actually, I, I learned the, the word lavender. Um, Dove gray always stays with me. The f- uh, a, a periwinkle blue? Periwinkle blue, <laughs> there you go. Periwinkle is another color. I think periwinkle, I first discovered the word, not discovered, acknowledged the word periwinkle. I think I was already in high school when I finally was like, periwinkle. I was like, what the fuck is periwinkle? Um, Carla, what about you? What colors, what subtle colors can you identify? Um, I guess purple and violet. Okay. Which they're a little bit different. And fuchsia and pink, which fuchsia is a little bit brighter than pink. I guess there's different types of pink and fuchsia is a type of pink. That's, that's a subtle, that's a subtle I, change. Yeah, fuchsia is a one that I learned once I was in college. Mm-hmm. I heard of fuchsia. I was like, what the fuck is fuchsia? Oh, and lime green and then just like dark green or like, um, what is it? Grass w- green, that green that is like the one that everybody knows. <laughs> and then you have the lime green because when you get the crayons now, they actually have those two tones. They crayons. Have crayons, sorry. Yeah. Crayons. <laughs> I thought you said Krylons for a second. I was like, Carla's buying Krylons. <laughs> no. But now, because they have um, like a bigger range, they have different little tones of, of the color. So you have the dark tone and then the a little bit lighter tone. I mean, we have. I'm drinking beer right now. Delicious beer. Delicious, delicious beer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, even beers have color, right? Yeah. Uh, what what colors what color shades can we say from beer? Go ahead. You hit agreed. Oh, my favorite's amber or red or you know I like I like those kind of beers. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So even beer has color, and we identify beer by its color, right? Some beers. Yeah. Well, wine also, right? Right. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. White wine, red wine, you know, and then you see subtleties in wine. I went to this one wine bar once where the whole tabletop was different splotches of different reds and what those different reds, what wines they were. You could see all the subtleties for the different wine colors. I went to a thing about cognac, a Remy thing, where they were showing you how they make the, the cognac and all that, and they showed us all the different tints and how the different age gives you a different tint and all that kind of thing. And different flavor. Yeah. What yeah. Do you, is there any of that in, in whiskey that you might know of? I know you're a big whiskey drinker. Well, yes, the whole thing, you age it in the oak barrels, it's how long it's in there and what kind of wood you use and how the wood's burnt. I mean, that's all going to affect the color of the alcohol, no matter what it is, you know? Yep. And so if you're a painter, uh, so I, 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 I'm a graffiti artist, I like to spray paint, but I also I paint, you know, with oils and acrylics. And if you're a painter, you know, and you're studying art and you're studying color, uh, burnt umber is a big thing. Burnt umber, ochre is another earth tone. And these tones are tones that because they've been used for so many centuries in classical art we use it in our clothing we use it in our in our home decor a lot you see it a lot in home decor you see ochre umber um sienna is another color that you might not catch it right off the bat but sienna is like a light brown like a tan um you hear the 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 colors top and uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but top and, pe- and beige is another one. Um, mauve is like a lavendery kind of gray, right? Um, all right, so got, we, we got past the vocabulary of colors, right? We can go on forever and ever with all the different colors of yellows and blues and reds and all that and browns and all that. Um, how do you organize these colors, right? So as an artist, uh, if you study art, first thing you're gonna learn is color wheels. That's something that is taught. I 
in painting class in college, I first learned about something called uh, a color triangle. I didn't know that there was a triangle. So there's a color wheel and there's a color triangle. And these are just methods that artists over the centuries created to kind of organize the spectrum for you, the vocabulary of the spectrum. It's not legitimate. Like, it's not like this is really scientific. It's more like a visual way of organizing, kind of like a times table, you know, like a... A dictionary? Or a dictionary, exactly. (laughs) You can, exactly. No, you know what? Good, that's why Dr. Greed is a guest. But um, no, a dictionary. It's more like a dictionary. So color wheels and color triangles are, are a little more like a dictionary where you can add and subtract names for the color spectrum that you're trying to describe. And depending on how many mixtures you do, you can have an infinite amount of mixtures that will give you different names to call the, the different parts of the spectrum, right? Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, in the Delacroix triangle, you start with your primary colors, the three, which are the yellow, the blue, and the red. You take those three and you mix those and you end up getting the in-between. So yellow and blue will become green, red and blue will become a purple or a violet. You, you break down the three colors and you'll get your next combination of colors, right? Now, when you mix your tertiary colors or your, your, let's say your green and your orange, your, your purple and your, you know, whatever is left there, you start to get other shades, right? These other shades will start to create your browns, which in the Delacroix Triangle, I believe they call brown russet. They call the blue-gray mixture, they call that slate. And the other one, the greenish-orangey mixture, they call that citron, I think. I think it's called citron. Um, and then if you take those colors and mix those, you end up with grays. And that's where you end up with these odd grays, these like orangey grays, cooler cooler grays uh and more purpley grays you know what i mean and those colors are the ones that painters use to give you to trick the eye and give you that illusion of gray without totally flattening out the paint so if you look at paintings oil paintings where people are really playing with color you'll notice that the grays and the shadows they're not just black or white they actually have color in them uh, if you compare it to a flat black-white mixture. Um, so learning that was a big tool back in the day. Um, and it, it, it was added to my vocabulary as a painter when I started to look for spray paint, especially now that you go to Montana Paints or, you know, uh, what's another brand? You got Montana, you got Iron Lake. What else you got Greed out there? What other spray paint brands? Um, you got Evolve, you got Cobra, you got, you know, so many, yeah. Yeah, and and now they have expanded their palette where they can offer you those subtle grays. They have weird names for them now. They have uh, the funny they're one. Named that, after, they're named after graffiti artists, some of the colors. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one of the ones that cracked me up was uh, there was like a, a really dark black, purple, or blue. I think it's called Vampire or something like that. And it was, <laughs> there was another color that I saw. It was called Galaxy something. Well, isn't it interesting that they'll name a color with a feeling association of what feeling that color brings to you? Like vampire gray, galaxy blue. It's like it it brings a feeling to you just when you look at it. You get that that feeling from the color that this is kind of what it it represents. Yeah. Color affects us in a lot of ways. Colors affect our body, our health, our mind, our emotions, everything. They're signals for us. I mean... Color is a big deal. Um, actually, color is energy. You know, 
So when you look at red, what you're looking at is a pigment that reflects all the red light out of it. So actually there's no red in there. It's just reflecting the red light back out at you. What about black and white? What is that? Black and white are like both ends of our spectrum. What white is, it reflects every color out at once. What black is, it holds every color in at once. And that's why a lot of people feel comfortable wearing black, especially a lot of people that have a lot going on. They're you know, pretty famous. They deal with a lot of stuff because it kind of holds all the energy in and kind of guards you because people can't tell what colors are emanating from you. Wow. All right. Um, yeah, so yeah, colors also relate to all our acupuncture meridians and organs in the body too. Like the colors green are associated with liver gallbladder, the colors red with your intestines and heart and some of your glands in your body, yellow with stomach and spleen and pancreas. So all these have different health elements to it too in philosophies of um, Chinese medicine and back into the Ayurvedic medicine and things like that also. Wow. There's, there's color therapy that some people do too to help with your health and your well-being and your emotions. Where, where, did, you, where did you hear about color therapy? Um, just through the years, like we'd have people wear special glasses and that will change things in their body, it will change muscles, change their organs, and then while they have the special colored glasses on or look at a certain color, we do a therapy on them so it kind of links it from both sides to get an effect in the body. Wow, I never even heard of this. Carla, have you heard of this? No, I, oh, but I actually saw something about um, they put some water on your feet and then your feet start releasing toxins and then at the end you see how dirty the water is from all the toxins and then it will tell you how bad your health is inside because everything that you have going on i don't know how it relates but it's on your feet supposedly and then everything like all the the grease everything that you have there then at the end you see it and they will tell you okay your health is like this like that depending on the color and how much is on that water is that just because you had dirty feet or is that actually no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what, if you have heard of that they put electrodes in the water that create ions so different charges in the water and it opens up the pores in your feet and your body just starts dumping the toxins out and from what color the toxins are you can tell what it is in the body oh okay. wow see? all right so going back to paint <laughs> uh so greed uh i guess after hearing all of that it must be difficult for you to go paint shopping because how do you pick the colors how do you choose your color <laughs> it, it depends what mood i'm in you know like I, I go in i walk in i'm like yeah purples and blues or i'm like no i want like orange and yellow and brown or you know or i just kind of go in and like feel like i want some of this feel some of that because to me like colors bring a feeling to me so that's like with me and you always used to paint like you'd have all your technical aspect of your colors and how they work and everything but me i would just like put all the paint on the floor and just feel like oh, i'm gonna use this and that and that and this i just kind of use my intuition of what would work right and you turn on the wall like, damn, Greed, how do you do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, for anybody who doesn't know, so Greed, Greed is a graffiti artist. He's an old friend of mine, and he, his, his style of graffiti. He's, I mean, one of his claims to fame is definitely his, um, his ability to, to make very interesting color combinations. Um, he does 2D graph style. Uh, old New York traditional way but his choice of colors have always been interesting a nice contrast of colors sometimes they're harmonious sometimes they're subtle subtle shifts of color um, so uh, all right so let, let's talk about let's move on into what makes us need color you know what I mean like could could we exist in a non-color life or would that be like 
Well, to me, it's the same thing as, you know, only eating lettuce every day. Don't you crave some different foods for different nourishment of your body? It's the same thing with color. You crave different colors for different nourishment. True, true. Yeah, I think that if everything was black and white, everybody will be very depressed. <laughs> because even, it's even on days, you know, when sometimes during the winter or during the spring, you have days where it's always raining and you can have a week of that. Sometimes you start feeling a little bit like down yourself just because the weather is like that and the environment is like that. But then when you have a sunny day, sometimes it actually, I don't know, brings motivation out of you and everything. And you know, the sun has what we call full spectrum light. It has all the spectrums of light. And if you want to be really health conscious and healthy, you get full spectrum light bulbs in your house, which are like natural sunlight because you get the full spectrum of all the different wavelengths. Instead, just a cheaper light bulb that doesn't have the full spectrum. So this way you'll feel healthier and happier within your home because you have the natural sunlight spectrum. They didn't think of that at all. Not at all. Um, all right. So talking about healthy, healthy things. Um, obviously, green is associated with healthy things, right? Yeah, it's actually associated with healing and the heart and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, also, nowadays it's associated with like going green, like eco-friendly. And, yeah, recycling. Yeah. Yeah, Earth. Um, but I mean, there's there's true things behind that, right? Like green grass, foods, vegetables. Uh, Greenery is a good sign, right? Well, look look at spring. Spring is when the fresh, vibrant, like bright green comes out, right? And that's just a sign of new life. And I think, you know, we've always associated with a sign of new life and things getting warmer and happier. So green's just like, ah, oh, like everything's good. It's like the fresh earth and the warmth coming back and everything. So, so what does it mean for a, a big urban city to have um, all gray? Like you're in a life of gray cement and but cement. you know if you look at a lot of newer architecture they'll throw different colors in with the cement or use different color stones on the outside of the building so newer architecture they try to mix it up that's you true know? oh you know what i mean something else that they're trying to do is put glass so now yeah. you're re now you're reflecting the sky you're reflecting things that are going to actually make you feel a little more comfortable than being surrounded in a, in a world of concrete or, or brown brick, right? Yeah, it'll let more natural light come in, so you know you don't need to use many light bulbs inside. And That's true. You know, that stuff. That's true. Um, all right. Back to, back to uh, color. Carla, what about in the world of makeup? Like, what's color for you? I mean, uh, in makeup, I try to go more natural. Um, because because I don't feel comfortable mixing like crazy colors on my eye because I don't know how it's gonna look at the end. I don't want to look like I have uh, a, a lot of color and then at the end it looks like black. Um, so when I do my makeup, it's actually kind of like a painting from what I've learned because you're working with contouring your face, you're working with highlighting your cheeks. Um, you're working with highlighting the inner corner of your eye and then to putting a little bit of shadow in like the other part of your eye. So it, it is actually a lot of playing with colors. But if you want to do it like in a subtle way, which is normally what I do, um, I'll go with some browns and then like a color that is near my skin tone. And then I'll put like a bright color like um, with little glitter 
on it like on the inner corner which is the way they say you know it's supposed to be how, how do they mark i've noticed that they market makeup and, and makeup products to you certain ways like you've mentioned it to me before like some will be a little more flamboyant they have the names that they give the colors the names that they give the palettes like that kind of thing yeah yeah i mean it it actually depends it's a lot of the branding of the products some companies are known for being very colorful so they're used mainly for if you have a big event at night and you want to be um like get all the attention and get um because you're going to be talking to people right you want your makeup to be alive so you'll use, let's say, less Smashbox. Um, Smashbox, that sounds cosmetics. crazy. <laughs> Smashbox sounds crazy. <laughs> or um, Urban Decay also. They're, these are brands that are known for, they're colorful, they have like very bright colors, like reds and, and blues and colors that are very pop. They're, they're pop and MAC also, MAC Cosmetics. Um, and then you have a little, a little bit of more subtle or more natural um, pal palettes of, of um, eyeshadows. So it depends really what you're into and if you're comfortable um, mixing all those colors in your in your eye or if you're comfortable getting to know more about how the color blend together, then, then you'll use it. And then also something that is new from this um, makeup time and recent years is the highlight which is the highlight is basically like glitter that you put it up in your cheeks so they pop in your face and you really will not notice until you use it what difference it makes in your look which is something that i've been learning a little bit more about now and i think that it's also because they're connected with with art so now makeup, if you're a makeup, um, somebody that knows about makeup or a makeup guru, it doesn't matter. You don't have to do makeup art for movies. Just do regular makeup, everyday makeup, and you're a makeup artist and you're a makeup guru. And you have Instagram followers of one million followers or two million followers and a lot of YouTube views. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steer this boat back around to another subject. We got just a couple of minutes left, but... Um, Clothing. I've been working in fashion for a while now. Clothing and color is a huge thing. And when it comes to clothing and color, they tend to go with um, a, a certain, there's a certain criteria. Like you don't, you don't, you don't do green shirts. You don't do purple shirts because they don't sell. You don't do red doesn't sell as good as blue. Blue only sells if it's navy. If you really want to sell a shirt, put it on black and it sells. Put it on white and it sells. Maybe not as much, but it will sell. And now the trend's been going black and white. It's it's uh, There's a vocabulary in fashion that is really being catered to the audience now. That they know how to pinpoint who they're going to sell to. They know that that market is going to buy certain colors, certain styles. And we're not even talking about fashion cuts or anything. We're just talking about color. Um, they already know what, what's going to sell. Um, earth tones for certain ages like certain aged people like certain earth tones um as opposed to bright colors or vibrant colors the younger kids want the brighter colors um and that's something that i think people have been pushing back a little bit also in fashion the color coding for genders you know what i mean pink for girls blue for boys people have been pushing back on that not necessarily that they've been winning the pushback but i see you know not in mass markets but I've been hearing these things where people are trying to challenge that old standard, you know, and trying to say, well, you know, 
girls don't always buy pink they don't always buy red you know what i mean great where else do, does color work for you where else do you see color oh cars um furniture cars is a big one yeah yeah i mean you know because i'm just the other day walking home from work and you know like cars are going by and i'm waiting at a red light and it's just yeah all the cars are up here this low thing like down here just a warmer matte gray just like ooh, and there's this big ass like lamborghini just like you know half the height of all the other cars just cruising by it's like whoa it's like you're sitting in Yoshi, you see a shark go by like, whoa like, <laughs> yeah sports cars there's no there's no coincidence that sports cars will be colored a certain way and, and to get, grab your attention um I think the last thing that I could I could think of is um, is this a conscious thing? Can we control our likes and dislikes of color? Can we try to break old habits of color? What do you think, Reed? I think you should try to. You know, you might just walk in a store and be like, nah, nah, nah. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. It's like a friend of mine came to town recently, and we were going out to a show. And I'm like, hey, what should I wear? Should I wear this? Where should I wear that? And she looks in my closet and she pulls out like these mustard yellow pants. <laughs> and, and and like I had this this navy blue shirt with these little fine kind of silvery gray designs on, like, like a pattern. She goes, I think these are perfect. And I'm like, wait, I'm I'm nervous here. Like this is making me really nervous. <laughs> but I put them on and I'm like, this works. Like I feel good in this, but I would never do it myself ever. I would never do that on my own. You know, so I think sometimes you need someone to say, just, you know, try this on and see how it feels. You might not know how it feels. You know, actually, I think we do that sometimes on walls, don't we? When we do a production. You do it to me all the time. Green, do this. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) But I think I think for people out there that might not know, graffiti writers do this all the time. If you do a production, it's very common for graffiti artists to say, what color palettes are we going to do? Are we all going to do the same colors? Sometimes we all shop the same color and say, okay, we're going to do blues and purples and greens. And some of the artists, if you got five artists, not everybody's going to be comfortable with those colors. But you do it as an exercise of challenging and breaking the old habits, right? That's why we do it. All right, guys, this was an interesting conversation. I didn't think we were going to go so deep. I like this. Um, Color. If you like this conversation, if you guys out there have anything to add, if you uh, like the conversation and just want to comment on our conversation, hashtag Cortez NYC Livestream on Instagram, hashtag ArtLife, look for Dr. Greed, let him know what you think about his pants and shirt combination. <laughs> look for Carla, let her know about her makeup and why her eyeshadow was not on flick. Yeah, let me know about my highlight too. All right, guys, thank you. Culture talk, my favorite part of the show because I get to sit back and let Carla do all the talking, except we have a guest this time. Uh, We had a little bit of technical difficulty in the earlier sections. There was a lot of echoing and stuff going on, but Greed, now pilot Greed, Captain Greed, he's got his (laughs) captain's headphones on and we fixed that microphone problem. Greed, give me a check. Uh, hello. <laughs> he sounds like a captain. Check, check. one, two. One, He's going to land this plane for us, all right? <laughs> so, Carla, go ahead. We'll let you take over this. Yeah, so today for Cultural Talk, we're going to talk about a little bit about Latino fusion food and any type of fusion with food that we have um, tasted or that we know about, even drinks. So we're going to have a little bit of everything. And I want to start with the Latino fusion foods that I've known 
and that I've tasted which are really interesting. Um, so starting with Sushi Rito, which this is a restaurant. <laughs> And, legit, it's legit. <laughs> um, it's actually a restaurant here in New York. We went uh, one time for lunch, Cortez and I. And it is a mixture between burrito and sushi. So basically, it's a huge sushi roll. <laughs> and it's, it's the same size as a burrito. And then you have all the ingredients of a sushi. And the outside is rice, and then you have the little um, uh, grass that they use also. The, the sea, it's a seaweed? The sea, yeah, it's a seaweed. Um, so yeah, but it's, it is very tasty. I didn't love it because it wasn't... The flavor that I'm craving for burrito wasn't there. And then the, the, um, like the, the good thing of eating sushi is that it's small. And you can eat it in just one bite, so it wasn't there either. Yeah, I remember so, we were. Yeah, just to jump in here, I remember we were eating it, and and it's like you're eating a, a imagine eating a sushi roll in, entirely without being chopped, and you're digging into it. You're like holding it with your two hands, and you're biting into it like you're biting into like a an, a hoagie or a, a, a subway sandwich. You know what I mean? The experience of eating the food, mm -hmm. the food experience, the eating, the consumption experience. That was totally off. It was just off. It sucked. It was the worst. Yeah. The worst. <laughs> but you know, and it's not even just that one restaurant. We found it here in Flushing too, where they're trying to do sushi, sushi slash burrito. burritos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, but this one, um, uh, the one over here in Flushing, it was actually a little bit better because it was smaller, and I think that the flavors they had a little bit of more Latino flavors on them, which was good. Yeah. So. Uh, just saying into Go that sushi theme, another restaurant that I've that I've tasted and that is really good um, is Sushi Samba, and this is a mixture between Peruvian, Brazilian, and Japanese food, and it's very interesting because they do keep like very um, the the special thing about the sushi, which is small, which is in pieces, they keep it, but then they mix in the sushi flavors from Brazil or from Mexico or from Peru so it's really tasty they have different types of sushis and sushis that include cheese or that include um, some kind of meat that is relatable to the Latino culture so all this is it's really cool let me stay here in the Japanese part <laughs> because then we also have Japanese and Puerto Rico because in Puerto Rico you know, they are really proud of their um, uh, amarillos and maduros. And Just plantain. Plantains, yeah. Uh, yellow plantains. And then they're also really proud of their meats. So they invented a sushi, which is made out of yellow plantains in the outside. And then in the inside, it can have either rice or pork. And then they made it as a roll. And then you have supposedly sushi, but it's really just like a burrito, yellow plantain and everything in the inside. You hungry yet, Grief? I'm getting so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But it's, it, it is interesting how some things they can just transfer to other cultures just like that. Um, and then passing a little bit into Mexican and other cultures, I have Mexican and Italian, which I saw a recipe which was like a Mexican pizza. So they will use... A Mexican pizza? This is like a very simple recipe re, um, relating to the Mexican pizza. Is a Mexican pizza that they have in Taco Bell. 
for example. Okay. That's a Mexican pizza. But then this one, the Mexican lasagna, what they'll do is they'll put layers of tortilla and then meat or chicken and then cheese and then the taco sauce. And then they'll put different layers of that and you put it in the oven as if it's a lasagna. And then when you take it out, you have all the flavors of the Mexican taco or Mexican um, fajita right. in a lasagna wow. style. I'm starving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one, it will be uh, tacos and the Korean flavor, which I've heard, I've, I've never tried it, but I've heard that they're really, really good, right? Really, food. really good. <laughs> so uh, what I've heard is that they have it more in California and they have different trucks where they mix. They have just like the same way you make a taco, but the, the meat inside has different flavors, more Korean, more spicy or sweet and spicy or stuff like that. And I've heard that they're really good. I agree. What do you know about that? Yeah, in uh, Portland, there was a, a food truck called Koi Fusion, and they did so well. They started having other food trucks all over the place, and I think they're on Instagram and everything. Koi, K-O-I, like the Koi fish and Fusion. Hmm. And they would have tacos and burritos of like um, Korean beef and kimchi and like these other fermented things in there. It was just freaking delicious. It was wow. so good. This this place is like 2, 2 a.m. in the morning. All these cars are lined up. There's a line around the food truck to get food. It's awesome. Wow. And there's a place in D.C., an actual restaurant up over here by 14th Street and U Street by me that's also a Korean type of taco place too. I haven't tried this one yet though. Yeah. Nice. Good, yeah, good it, stuff. Yeah, it is amazing how inventive now food is right I, I see greed going for his phone ready dialing up do they deliver do they deliver i need now just bring me my food um and then maybe so we can pass after this to drinks different drinks um it will be peruvian and chinese which i've been into a peruvian restaurant and what they have is a peruvian style um fried rice so they'll have um, it's basically same as a Chinese fried rice, but they'll have a little bit of more like a Peruvian and Latin seasoning to it. What makes it, what do you think makes it a uh, Peruvian Latin? I think um, the meat that they use. I'm not sure if they use pork or also other seasonings into gotcha. into the rice. Yeah. Now yeah. I understand, yeah. Okay. So these are the fusion foods that I have. What do you guys know about fusion drinks if you know any well actually first let's stick to food oh yeah great you got any other fusion foods that we might not have covered what yeah the, 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 there's a sushi burrito places out here too called burrito like b-u-r burrito mm. and yeah there's sushi burrito places all right mm -hmm. all right now for me the, i think the the biggest one was the the sushi samba um i think that was that was like that was an eye-opener because that i i was already getting into sushi little by little and then I, I heard of a sushi samba and then when I saw that they throw in mango and this and that and the other and jalapenos I was like wow that's really interesting that's that's uh, a different take on it um, so I guess I think I guess we would say the Asian influence is what's making the fusion mm -hmm. thing really out of out of the ordinary because I think if you mix I mean you, you have like Texan barbecue mixed with south of the border style you know what i mean that that's very easy that's very common for us already like you know a north yeah. american and south american fusion is not anything out of the ordinary um barbecue is barbecue wherever you go right yeah I, yeah 
I, I think that's pretty well, common. Well, like Korean barbecue, like it'll have a little bit more spiciness yeah, or sweetness to it, stuff like that. And oh yeah, I did go to this one place. They had um, Korean barbecue fried chicken in like a bowl with the rice and veggies and everything. Like that was mm. freaking really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So Carla, go out for drinks. What, what do you got for drinks? Now we need some drinks because I'm I'm feeling thirsty now. <laughs> <laughs> well, for drinks, you know that we have all types of mojitos and margaritas. Um, mojitos, they can make it with um, not only lemon, but raspberry mojitos. And it's all about the fruits. Raspberries, strawberry, pineapple. Yeah, I, I think I think when you go for mojitos now, you, you got to really look at what you're drinking because it's not the old school mojito that was traditional. Now when it's mojito, you got the pre-mixed mojitos. And if you're gonna get something really made on the spot, it's gonna be a fusion. That's mm -hmm. I think that's the new game. Is like a mojito is like a generic thing now, and now they just want to spice it up with some other thing to kind of make it something new. Um, what other drinks? And you got same now? thing, same thing for margaritas too. Margaritas. Margaritas. Yeah. Now you have all types of margaritas, and I think it's more because there there's more people drinking it now, so it's, it's making it popular, and then everybody wants something different. So they're just trying to just give give it to them. Something. I remember yeah. we went to a, a, an Asian restaurant and they had sakiritas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird. But all right. Mm -hmm. I guess I guess you can make a sakarita. Yeah. What about you, Green? What do you got? Um, I was just at a restaurant last week, Asian Influence, where they had sochu, which is kind of like a sake, but they were making sochu um, um, like martinis with different oh, like fruits wow. in it and stuff like that and everything. And that was pretty interesting. And you ever heard like the lychee fruit too, the Asian fruit, lychee martinis? Um, something that I've seen lately in a bottle is rum chata, rum and horchata mixed together. I never heard which of that. I, I, is that a classic thing or not really? It's like a new thing, no, is it? I think it's new. So someone, you know, said, try this. And I tried it. And I'm like, well, it tastes interesting. So it's kind of like the rice milk and the rum mixed together for a little bit of cinnamon and sugar. But I'm like, I don't trust what's in the bottle. So next time my friend came over, I'm like, I'm going to make it from scratch. So I got hemp milk and cinnamon and I kind of mixed up my own batch and I got a really good rum and mixed it together. And they were like, oh, I'm ruined. I can't do that stuff in the bottle anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Something else I had lately too that just I would have never ordered it because it was just kind of like too much of trying too hard as a fancy drink, but when I actually tasted it, it was really good. It was an old fashioned, but it had instead of regular bitters, they did chocolate bitters and Ooh. they did a little bit of, and they did some coffee grinds in it. Ooh. So they called it a coffee and cigarettes. Ah, nice. So it tastes like coffee and cigarettes, but it's an old fashioned for a little bit of chocolate bitters and. Uh, they put some coffee grinds in it. It was really, really good. Just subtle differences in the flavors, but just very ingenious flavors. Yeah. Nice. That sounds delicious. All right. Now we're hungry and thirsty. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> right. So, if you like what we talked about, you can hashtag cultural talk, and then you can also, also hashtag Cortez NYC livestream and let us know what you think about. Maybe give us some feedback, some comments. You have tried any fusion foods? Unless, Let us know. And and we're in New York, so if you know of any restaurants in New York we should check out, <laughs> send us a link. Yeah. You know, we could we'd always stay open for suggestions. If you've been to New York, you tried something interesting here, you know, I'm open for that. And and greed, you're in DC, right? Yeah, in DC. 
So a lot of good restaurants out here. I, I was shocked. That's one reason I moved here. I'm like, no, I could live here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's anything you want to shout out for, for Greed to follow up on in DC, just hashtag us, post on Instagram for this episode, Color of Life, and just let us know because, you know, food is part of the color of life, right? You wanted me to teach you, right? Hablando Español, my favorite part. We get to speak Spanish. And this time is my favorite because we got Dr. Greedy. We got an in-house guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, so vamos a hablar Español. Let's talk Spanish. Um, so the first word I have is colors, which means colores. Greedy? Colores. Yes. Okay, all right. Greedy. You got it. You're all right. <laughs> Okay, second word is um, nature. What, what? Nature. Nature. Yeah. Okay. Which in Spanish means naturaleza. Go ahead, Na- Naturaleza. Naturaleza? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. okay. Naturaleza. It's almost like naturalized, like naturaleza. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, nice. There you go. Okay, so another word um, relating colors, um, I don't know really how to say it in English. Um, it is colorido. It, it, it basically means when something has color. Colorful. I don't know if it's, uh, yeah, colorful. 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 So colorful means colorido. Colorido. Colorito. Co- with a D, colorido. Colorido. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like my language sometimes. It's colorful. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Greetings and good. Okay. The next one will be fusions. In Spanish means fusiones. Fusiones. Yes. Wow. He got that one good. Yeah. He got that one good. Fusiones. Okay. Okay. So another word that is um, very similar to fusions um, is like mix or mixture, which will be mezcla. Mezcla. Yes. Wow. wow. That, one good. that one came out really good. All right. Good, good, good. Greedy's doing good. Okay. And then the last one that I have, but then you guys are open to tell me whatever. Oh, yeah. We can yeah. just stump you. Okay. <laughs> um, is um, drinks, which means bebidas. Bebidas, yes. Yes. He's got it. He's got it. He's he's traveled a bit. Uh And then eventually borracho, right? Exactly. (laughs) Borracho. Borracho, yeah. 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 All right. So, Greedy, what do you got? Can you stump us? Uh, All right. How about, you know, talking about food and drink and everything. Um, Like when you eat something, it, 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 it nourishes you. So, how about nourishing? Nourishing. Like, mm. Well, okay. Before we go into nourishing, because uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google search it right now. What about when you're full? Está lleno. Let's start with that. Oh, estás eh, in in Puerto Rico. We also said like abastecido, but that's like a very different, yeah, like so difficult word. So lleno. Lleno. Yes. So lleno okay. means lleno. So if you go it's to somebody's house, you go to grandma, you go to a friend's house, and his grandma is serving food, and you got more than enough, you gotta be like, okay, yeah, yeah, estoy lleno, estoy lleno, like I'm full. <laughs> estoy lleno, and then nourishing, 
nourishment. 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 Oh, got it. Got it. Nah. See, we greedy always stumps us. No, but it's not. It is that. It is that. That's what it is. So, nourishment in Espanol is alimento. But wait, oh. wait, wait. Try it. Uh-huh. Greedy, go for it. Alimento. Alimento. Very good. Very yeah. good. Because he was, I know where he was coming from. He was coming from, how do you say something that's good for you? And alimento is something that my mother would say. She said, esa comida no tiene nada de alimento. Eso no te va a alimentar nada. Meaning, it's not going to nourish you. It's not going to give you the nutrients or the things that you need to, to, to give you, yeah. It's interesting. In Latin, the digestive tract is known as the alimentary tract. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah. Mm -hmm. Nourishment, alimento. Alimento. Carla, nice. you, greedy is, is no, your... No, he's... I he, know. He is your... I cannot invite him to this <laughs> section anymore. <laughs> greedy, be stopping you. I'm never going to be on this show again. You're going to be kicking me off. <laughs> no, no, no. This is good. This is good. <laughs> Next time greed comes on, Carla's going to be like, we don't have this last section anymore. Does it? No, I'm sorry. We don't talk Spanish anymore. No, oh, no. Our, compu our, our computer battery is going dead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, listen. So I think I think we're good. You agree? Thank you for the stump, man. That's actually you started a new, you started yeah. a new trend now. Now people are gonna try to stump us. Watch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Greed. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Carla. Thank you. No, thank you. Uh, Greed. Where can we find you? Where can everybody find you? Uh. Dr. Greedy on Instagram, Dr. Greedy, or maybe hashtag uh, Challenge de Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> the new hashtag. All right, this wraps up episode 17. Next episode is episode 18. Arriba Mexico! Viva Mexico! Next episode is for Mexico. Uh, celebration, pre-celebration, pre-gaming, Cinco de Mayo. We're going to be talking about some Mexican artists, uh, some muralists, and I'm going to look for some Mexican graffiti artists. And we're also going to be talking and explaining a little bit about Cinco de Mayo, where it came from, what does it mean, all that good stuff, and also we're going to be... Hablando Español. Yes. <laughs>